Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. Welcome back. I'm Lance Wigton. I'm the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries, and today we have a special treat. We are with Keith Strasberger, who is one of our pastors here, been on staff for a long time, worked with him for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Keith, <clears throat> the topic uh, today is the Lord's Prayer, and I thought that is an interesting topic um, mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like the Lord's Prayer a lot of times, even Christians, longtime Christians, look at it like uh, that is um, the thing that you say and wrote, just like the stewardesses say before you get on an airplane, two to the front, two to the rear, your seat can become a flotation device. But it's not necessarily the, uh, the words exactly. But first, let's give it a little background. Um, so to paint a picture where the Lord's Prayer comes into the Bible, okay. um, the, the, Jesus' disciples, for some reason, come to Jesus and ask him how to pray. Mm-hmm. How, does, how does that set up? Well, they asked him how to pray, and it, it's interesting because they said, uh, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. It says that in Luke. And what, it's funny, in the Matthew, what Jesus says is, here's how you don't pray. Mm-hmm. So before he even gets to how to pray, he tells them not to pray. And he said, you know, don't be like the, the religious folks. I'm going to paraphrase this. Mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. who make a big deal out of prayer and sound all sharp and mm-hmm. holy. And uh, don't be like the pagans who babble on and on and just use words and they don't even really know what they're saying. But he says, get alone with God. Go hide in the closet or somewhere quiet mm-hmm. and let God know what you need. And he already knows what you need, and he's going to reward you. He, he, he'll meet you there. And again, I'm paraphrasing that. And so he lets us know how not to pray mm-hmm. and really what to do is to connect with God. Well, and I think that sets up by even by what he doesn't tell us to do. You're not, you're not doing it for show. You're, you're doing it because there is a special connection. Yeah, you're not doing it out of show. You're not doing it out of religiosity or mm-hmm. obligation or because it's a thing that needs to be checked off, right? Yep. So um, he says, uh, pray like this, mm-hmm. Jesus does. Yeah. Um, so would you say that uh, like word for word I should keep going uh, like this sure. in a prayer? or what, what does that mean to you? I believe what Jesus, what it means to me, and I believe this is what Scripture means, is pray like this. He didn't say pray this prayer. So I, I look at this as, a, in a sense, a template. Pray with, with his heart and mind, and he, and he sets us up to know God. So he goes, pray like this, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the prayer, our Father in heaven. Holy be your name, or hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So pray like this. There's a there's a method to this and, and a way of, of, of thinking and talking to God, but it's not pray this prayer like you were talking about earlier. Right. So it's more if it's more of like building a model. Like mm-hmm. like uh, if if I didn't know what a car looked like, or and I'm trying to get from point A to point B, and and I say, hey, I've got some components here. You would tell me I would need uh, an engine, a transmission, mm-hmm. uh, gas tank, wheels. Yeah. Essentially, that is is that is that what Jesus is saying here with well, this prayer? Well, I'll do it a little bit more relationally and building a car, but that's not far off. Um, it'd be like uh, if I talk to my son, I go, "You're going to talk to your mom like this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be respectful. Uh, you're going to honor her." Mm-hmm. And it might look have different different ways he'll do that, but there's a there, there, there's a heart or a mentality or a mindset an expectation how I'd expect Tim or Ben, both my sons, to talk to their mom. That's, that's good. Because it will benefit mom, and it'll benefit them as well. Yeah, because she'll respond. Rules of engagement, if yeah. you will. Which leads me to this question. If Jesus is God, why was he praying? 
It's a great question. Why did he need to pray? Yeah. <clears throat> I, you know, we know that in uh, Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not equal, uh, uh, <clears throat> consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself like us, made himself a servant. Mm -hmm. So Jesus Christ being God, <clears throat> but also uh, flesh, you know, God became flesh and dwelt among us, says that in, in John chapter 1. I believe that Jesus experienced all the limitations of being a man and also um, which cre created an absolute dependence on God the Father. Jesus made these statements like this. I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. Mm -hmm. I only do what the Father tells me to do. So there was a dependence. And uh, so Jesus actually prayed to God regularly, and I think just to make it through the mission, so to speak. And his disciples saw that. And, um, and again, I might have said it earlier, but one of the main things I love about Jesus is he doesn't ask us to do or tell us or command us to do anything that he didn't do himself. Mm -hmm. And one of them was praying to the Father. Which brings me to another question, uh, which is he, he, I understand why, why he, Jesus would call God his Father because God is his Father, mm -hmm. but why would he say our Father? Well, that's really good. Um, what I love about that is I don't think his disciples expected him to say, pray like this, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. You know, and God was the father of his people in the Old Testament. But this is, this is different. Now I'm praying to God, our Father, and uh, what I love about it, and we, we were talking about this earlier, is, is if, I'm, if I'm praying our Father in heaven, I'm acknowledging that um, God is probably other people's father, so he's your father as well. And if he's your father, then you're my brother mm -hmm. and, uh, or you're my sister. And in a way, if I submit to the Lord Jesus and I'm thinking this way, even in my prayer, I'm acknowledging that you're my brother, you're my sister. And I don't know if this is a too forceful of a word, but it forces me to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So as I submit to God and pray to my father, I'm also aware of my brother and sister. And I would treat you guys and think of you as such. So it seems like there's a lot going on just in that one statement. Wow, yeah. Uh, my relationship with God, his father, our father, mm -hmm. and my relationship with other people. And, and uh, you could even roll up a good chunk of the New Testament with your perspective. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, and I look at it from this perspective. I've got two boys, and I, I remember when they were younger, and they're grown up now. But when they were together, and I would watch them, and they would interact, and they were taking care of each other, and they're having fun, and they're playing, and they weren't fighting, there's not a better feeling for a dad when that's going on. And I believe, for God, if we want to really bless God, it's how you and I treat each other. Mm. And if we do step on each other or hurt or trespass or hurt each other that we forgive and apologize and move on. Um, and again, Jesus prayer will lead us into that. Mm -hmm. If we, if we submit and yield to that, the mentality and the mindset that Jesus has given us and how we pray. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And you bringing up that, that uh, story about your boys mm -hmm. makes me also think, what would you tell somebody that um, when they hear the word father, they think about their own fathers Yeah. Um, it, it's not a good relationship, and nope. they have some bad thoughts about it, and they maybe would be hung up about doing that. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And um, I'm 52 years old, been following Jesus for 31 years, and I've had uh, whether you call them fathers or father figures, I've had six of them, 
and it's hard to get there. And I know for me, for years, I go, well, I'll accept God as a father when I get to heaven right now. I'll just work really hard for him and try to be the best guy I can be. And that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. And so that your question <clears throat> is, in a, I think Jesus is absolutely brilliant in, how, in the psychology of how he talks to us because I'm going, God's my father. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I have to acknowledge God as my father. Well, what's keeping me from doing that? Mm-hmm. So for me, what was keeping me <clears throat> was past experience. And so in a sense, for, and I, I remember when I came to this conclusion, gosh, probably about 12, 13 years ago, that I was holding God in judgment based on my past experience. So I was treating God and responding to God or not responding to God like I would other fathers in mm-hmm. my life. And so I have to make a decision. Am I going to believe God? And am I going to acknowledge him as a father? And am I willing to put away my belief systems, my past hurts, and actually move forward in the new life that supposedly I've been given, which I have been given, mm-hmm. but it's just this, it's, it's, the, it's the hard work of believing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And once again, there's part of the prayer that even though you're communicating with God mm-hmm. on your own, it really changes you instead of you changing yeah. necessarily God's opinion. Because the hard part is uh, on this earth, there's nobody I call dad, mm-hmm. even if they would want me to. I don't even know how to get there. And that's mm-hmm. just, just just being honest. And so to actually, it, it, it's not just saying it, then, the, then the, the mental gymnastics, so to speak, and it gets more mental than just the heart because it hurts if a dad doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And I've got to actually believe, yeah, God, you do love me. And then if I believe that God loves me, he's my father, then I would be vulnerable mm-hmm. and trust him. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds good in a sermon. It sounds good on the whiteboard, but in real life to begin to let myself go that way, that's, that's another journey. It's well worth it, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have uh, external circumstances yeah. going on, like right now in the day's news, and you know I'm stuck stuck at home with Corona, uh, you know, and you know the world seems like it's going crazy. Do I still trust this father figure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that um, I've never had before? And as we get into it, as we uh, journey, we will over these next sessions into this the, the, this prayer that, that's called the Lord's Prayer it solidifies that God's our father and it sets us up well, but it's still, it's just part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. You mm-hmm. talked about that. This is one of those that we work out and practice and get to know God as a father. Uh, that was really good, Keith. And I, I think just talking about this first line of the Lord's prayer, I think highlights the reason that uh, breaking down the prayer mm-hmm. by these small sections, I think we're going to see not only the components that Jesus has for us as a model and why, but we're also going to learn a lot about uh, ourselves and uh, how we see God and and uh, how we basically live as Christians. Uh, so I look forward to the coming uh, weeks as uh, we do more of these podcasts sure. on the Lord's Prayer. What would you have as kind of a takeaway challenge for people just off of this first line, our Father who is in heaven? You know, uh, whether you had the best dad in the world or the worst dad or dads in the world, uh, none of them are as good as God the Father. Mm. They're still men, and they still have their flaws. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so having a, uh, I think the, the, it's, the, it's, it's good work, the hard work of beginning to know God as he is and to be able to acknowledge God as a father. 
And for you, uh, for those, it's going to be real difficult. And I've shared this story with you guys, and I'll share it with those of you listening. Um, you know, there's a gentleman that I believe God brought into my life probably about <clears throat> 14 years ago. His name was Mark. So, Mark, if you're listening, you know who you know of the story. And uh, and I remember him um, just spending time with me and 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 wanting to help me and help me in ministry. And and I remember being at his uh, shop one one evening, and we're just visiting, and it was cold outside. And there, I remember the, the fire in the wood stove and and he goes, you know, Keith, I want you to close your eyes. I want to pray for you. And I remember thinking, okay. And so he started praying. I didn't close my eyes. And he said, hey, I told you to close your eyes. And so I closed my eyes. And here's what he prayed. And he, and, and he didn't know my story. I hadn't shared, given him a whole lot of information about my life or background. And uh, <clears throat> I remember him saying, Father, thank you that you never gave Keith a father. And I remember wanting to get up. I was, I was pretty upset because I was wanting to get out of there, mm-hmm. actually. And he goes, uh, and thank you that... And he told me to sit down. He goes, you need to sit down. And he goes, thank you that you never gave Keith a father because you want to show yourself to him as your true father. Mm. And, you know, and I'd been a believer at that time for, oh, pushing 17, 18 years. And I'd, I'd always read in Scripture about God the Father. And that was something that I would, in my mind, that I would get when I get to heaven, mm-hmm. but not here on earth. And I didn't didn't need it didn't want it mm-hmm. i'll just work kind of like the you know like the prodigal son just let me be like one of your servants i'll just mm-hmm. work for you that had been good enough for me and i remember mark telling me he said before we're done you're going to know who your father is you're going to know who you belong to and you're going to you're going to love god you're going to love others you're going to love yourself and i just mm-hmm. remember thinking that's not going to happen mm-hmm. well i can tell you it has happened and that was like i said 12 13 14 years ago i don't remember quite but but to make the decision that I want, that I'm going to know God as He wants to be known, and He does want us to know Him as His Father. And so, for me to work through whatever needs to be worked through, or those of you listening, it's a journey and it's a long one, and it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. So the challenge would be for for us to take a look at that relationship, uh, regardless of our our father situation, yeah. what, what good, bad, yeah. different. Even if we're if we're uh, trying to protect them in our own heads and don't even realize it, that, that's a good one. Trying to protect them in your own head, yeah, that's exactly right. Because, like I said, even the best father has it has his flaws, and he'll be the first one to tell you that if he's honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, but to yeah, to 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 acknowledge God as our father and. Uh, and be loved like a son or a daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, that is that is great advice, and it is uh, possible this side of heaven. And we look forward to next time when we uh, talk about the next part of the Lord's Prayer, which is, Hallowed be thy name. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where we want you to remember, discipleship is simple, it's just not easy. 